Welcome into today's episode of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. This Tuesday edition brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to RockAuto.com. This is the only place to get your daily Syracuse Orange podcast, and you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. I'm Tyler Aki. And before we get into part two with Justin Knight, which if you missed yesterday's conversation with him, go check that out on our podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, it's all there. Before we get to part two with Justin Knight, and it's another great conversation with a future Olympian in Justin Knight, I do want to address a couple things. First off, I want to tip my hat to Elijah Hughes. I don't know if everyone's seen it. It's been floating around on Twitter a lot, and I believe that's where he made the initial proclamation that he was going to be peacefully protesting in his hometown of Beacon, New York, and that's exactly what he did. And listen, this is a guy who's going to the NBA draft soon, and he is using his platform for good right now. And hats off to you, Elijah. Keep doing you and and using your powerful voice for change. So I I tip my hat to you, Elijah Hughes. And and we know how much giving back to the community means to Elijah, and and he's doing it right here. And and that's powerful. It's one thing to, to get on Twitter and type a few words, but It's another thing to go out there and act. And if you're an NBA team, yeah, you're getting an A1 player, but you're also getting an A1 person. So Elijah Hughes, it's newsworthy, it's noteworthy, but not unexpected for people who have seen him out in the Syracuse community before, and now he's doing it back in his hometown of Beacon, New York. Next, I want to get into a guy who I didn't really get to know during my time at Syracuse, and I wish I did because you see the outpour of love that's come out on social media for this man, and it's Dennis Nett, a name that maybe you're not familiar with, but I mentioned Elijah Hughes. If you've seen a great picture of Elijah Hughes, it was probably taken by Dennis Nett. He's a photographer for Syracuse Advanced Media, Syracuse.com, Post Standard, all that good stuff. If you've seen a great Syracuse basketball, a great Syracuse football photo, Dennis Nett probably took it, and he was out documenting everything going on in the protests in Syracuse yesterday. And he was taken down by the police and knocked to the ground, literally while just doing his job. He suffered some scrapes and bruises. And I mean, Dennis is a guy who he does great work. And he was out there being peaceful, acting as a member of the media, and was taken down for no good reason. No good reason at all. And you see, I've seen some stuff from Mike Waters, from Brent Axe, a number of other people that work on the news side at Syracuse.com as well, showing their love. And I just wanted to say, Dennis Nett, you're, you're in our thoughts and prayers here from the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Keep putting out good work, and we appreciate the service that you do for us out there in the community and, and getting these great photographs, not just of sports, but with more important things now and capturing that video that you did yesterday, even though it is cut short because you are knocked to the ground, you you captured a very powerful message and a powerful image and something that from the Syracuse perspective is going to be a very memorable moment from everything that is going on in this world right now. So Dennis Nett, you're in our thoughts and prayers here on the, on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. All right. Justin Knight, this conversation with him, we're going to get into a lot of his college recruiting process because I've never really been educated on what it's like for a non-rev sport and and the recruiting process that they go through. So we're going to talk to him about that. And also we're going to get into a little name image likeness with him as well. And of course, I mean, the big reason why you want to hear from Justin Knight is that this man is a future Olympian. And with the Olympics 2020 on hold, 
until next year in Tokyo, he's going to have to undergo some training modification. So let's get into that with him right now. You have this unheralded success in gym class, and now, now you've kind of found your hidden talent, I guess. But at what point do you realize, hey, I, I could be a runner in college? Oh, man. I mean, I think the, my grade 11 year for track and field season in the spring, um, I was at the provincial championship. I didn't even, I got top six. I think I got six. And, or maybe I got fifth, something like that. And um, all the kids that, you know, were in front of me, the first place guy went to Iona, the second place guy went to, later on went to Iona, the third place guy um, got a scholarship to uh, Michigan, the fourth place guy got a scholarship to Wisconsin, and then there was me. And I was coming back from my senior year, and all those guys were seniors in high school. And um, I didn't really realize at that point, but then everybody, like all those kids were like, oh my gosh, like you ran a crazy time, like running with us. And, you know, you might be able to go to school in the States. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause you know, I was getting ready to kind of just go to university of Toronto or some school in Canada. And um, the first school that actually recruited me was Ohio state. And I was super hyped because even though they stink at like cross country and track <laughs> I knew about their football team because I've been watching them in football and I was so happy and uh the coach later on came to my house for like a barbecue in the summer and it, it was just like a surreal experience I never thought that um anybody would kind of be looking at me to want to want me to come to America to join their team so I think that was kind of the moment where I was just like, oh, wow, like maybe I could get a scholarship in the States. Yeah. So the rest is history. You end up becoming one of the most decorated athletes of, uh, in Syracuse history. And I, I read a headline where it says, Justin Knight, the Carmelo Anthony of Syracuse cross country. When you hear that, <laughs> wh what's go what goes through your mind when you hear a statement that bold? I mean – it's it's so crazy and I know that probably came from my coach because I think I read the same article and he always uh, says that I was like the Carmelo Anthony uh for cross country and track over there and it's just crazy like you know I look at Carmelo Anthony and everything that he's done for Syracuse and you know even the respected teams that he's been on in the NBA and on a global level representing USA at the Olympics and you know just to even be compared as that valuable in a different sport for Syracuse, like, I, I can't even come up, like, I'm struggling to come up with words for it because, like, I would have never in, like, a thousand years even of dreamed that um, I would have kind of left the impact that I did at Syracuse. So um, I, I think it still takes me time to kind of get used to hearing comments like that. <laughs> you think about in basketball, football, lacrosse, the dome is a big selling point for why a lot of yeah. these athletes end up coming to Syracuse, the atmosphere. But as a runner, you, you don't, you don't compete in the dome. So what was, <laughs> no. what were some of the things that sold you on why Syracuse was, was home for you? I mean, Syracuse, I can come up with all these reasons why I ended up coming there. Um, it was a very tough decision, but ultimately like, I just felt like they were extended family for me. Um, from the moment I visited, um, they just always greeted me with open arms that, you know, they didn't know that I was going to be an NCAA champion or any of that stuff, or um, they didn't know I was going to represent them in the way that I ended up doing. And um, they were just always so welcoming. Um, I even remember when I was on my visit, um, the AD at the time was Daryl Gross. And, 
you know, he took time out of his day to sit down with me and my parents. And, you know, I'm not a basketball recruit. I'm not a football recruit. And he kind of believed in and wanted every sport to be great. And therefore, if he knew that he was trying to, if Coach Fox was trying to get this great runner, um, he made sure that he had time to kind of talk about um, the university and, and kind of try to convince me and my parents. So I was very thankful for that. Um, one of the things, too, that I looked at was, you know, on record, like, I got a lot of backlash, actually, in Canada for committing to Syracuse. And the, I think the reason why is that I had all these other schools, like the Oregon, the Wisconsin, uh, once upon a time, Michigan, Northern Arizona, that have kind of like this rich running history that were offering me. And um, I looked at the coaches at Syracuse, and even though Syracuse didn't necessarily have um, those accolades at the time, um, the coach, I, I really did some digging, and my parents did some digging, and when he first got to Syracuse, we were pretty bad. Like, we couldn't even make uh, the NCAA championship meet. We were struggling in our region, in our, in our conference as well. And each year that he was there, our team got better. And then eventually we started winning the Big East all the time. And then um, we went, we started qualifying for NCAAs, and then we got 15th at NCAAs, and then we got 10th, and then we got 5th. And um, what that showed me about the program was that the coach actually knows how to coach because he took a program that was pretty bad and turned it into, um, I mean, I wouldn't say NCAA contending team at the time, but he elevated the program every single year that he got there. So the other coaches that I was kind of, you know, hearing talk and telling me about their history, I was like, well, you're telling me all this information, but you weren't the coach when all that stuff was going down. So um, that played a big role into it too. And then I think um, lastly, um, it's only four hours away from Toronto for me. And um, I'm a huge mama's boy and I love my dad too, my brother. <laughs> and uh, I felt like Syracuse was close enough, but far enough from home where I could kind of be my own person in college. But also if I got, um, you know, if I got sick or if I just missed home, uh, I could go home at any opportunity or any time. And um, and also the last thing too, sorry, was that um, as an academic school, a Syracuse degree is respected on both sides of the border. I wasn't going to like Cripple Creek College or something like that. So um, there was just a lot of positive stuff about Syracuse, and um, I think it was the best decision that I could have made. Yeah, absolutely. And n- now you're in orange lore as a as a <laughs> respected Syracuse athlete. All right, hold on one second here, Justin, because I need to tell you about rockauto.com. If you want your car running as smoothly as Justin Knight runs on the track, then you need to go to rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models of cars, it's pretty much impossible for these traditional chain fronts to stock all the parts that you need in their store. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on the computer? Listen, we all need to repair our cars and why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same exact parts at a chain store or new car dealership? 
That's where rockauto.com comes in. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers for over 20 years online. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and delivered directly to your door. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I also heard something that on one of your visits, you, you met some of the basketball team. How, how important yeah. is, was the big time athletics aspect too for you? Oh man. So they, they knew. And it's so funny because these coaches, like they do a lot of digging and like with all these calls on the phone, like they're genuinely trying to get to know who you are as a person. And clearly no secret. They found out that I was a huge basketball <laughs> fan. And um, actually, he's still, he's still a good friend of mine right now. Um, his name's Amadou. He, he ran track and field for Syracuse. Um, I think he graduated the year, or he was about to graduate the year that I was visiting. So he was there. And um, he lived with, like, CJ Fair and a couple of, like, the basketball guys. And um, he was really nice. Like, I love that guy to death. I still talk to him now. Like, part of the reason why I went to Syracuse was almost solely because of him, because he was just so honest in the recruiting aspect. Like he told me the good things about Syracuse, the bad things, like what to expect. And um, I just really felt like he wasn't trying to sell me. And um, point being said, Amadou, um, great guy. And I went to the game. I, it was the Clemson game. We were facing Clemson. And uh, Amadou's like, hey, like, do you want to, you want to meet Tyler? Like Tyler's Canadian. And I was like, <laughs> you think Tyler was like, Tyler has time to meet me after the game and I was getting super hyped. And he was like, yeah, yeah, he's got time to meet you. And then he like, I guess he texted him or something or, you know, he's good friends with those guys. And then I met Tyler, I met CJ, I met Jeremy Grant. Um, Dylan Ennis was there because he was supporting Tyler at, oh, the, right. time yeah. at the game. Yeah, and it, it was just so cool. Like, when do you ever get to meet, meet like future NBA players and like these glorified All-American type of NCAA basketball players and they were just all down to earth. Like I remember I met Tyler. I still have the picture to this day on my phone of when I met him. And um, he was just asking me like, Hey, like where are you? you're from Toronto. Like I hear you're a runner. Like he was very interested in why I was getting recruited to Syracuse. And um, I think that speaks a lot about like the program where, you know, I, I feel like no matter who the athlete is, whether it's basketball, football, lacrosse, like, um, they don't give off that feeling of self-entitlement. Like they, they're very caring and thoughtful people. And I, I really liked uh, getting a chance to meet them. I know for me too. I mean, that would have been my selling point. I would have been sold there too. <laughs> if, uh, if I was on a visit like that, uh, an, a big thing that that's being brought up now in, in college athletics is the name image likeness. I know the, the power five conference yeah. commissioners all submitted this big letter the other day. 
for for you, I mean, you're you're a runner, but like like I've mentioned, you've got that million dollar smile to you. You, you can sell something, all right? Justin Knight sells, <laughs> at least in my mind, it does. I, I'm gonna get suckered <laughs> into it. You. But what what kind of opportunities do you feel like would have been out there for you as a runner in the Syracuse community? With all that image and likeness stuff, I I've been trying to keep up, but I, to be honest, I don't fully understand like what that entails and uh the opportunities that you can take or that you can't take um i don't know like that's a hard question for me like um yeah it just depends on the public i feel like um the public's like the main judge like do people know about me you know do people like me and you know if it was all based on you tyler i know i'd probably be like a lebron james (laughs) or something in, in syracuse but uh I, I would like to think that I would have done fairly well. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know, um, you know, how big of a deal or, or how much like other companies or I don't, I just don't know what opportunity would have presented itself. I'm sorry. That's like a really hard one. No. Yeah. I mean, Hey, that's an honest answer. And guess what? We're kind of in uncharted waters in this whole thing. We don't know how much the, the runner, the field hockey player, the, the hockey yeah. player is going to make in all of this. Sure. We can guesstimate our football and basketball players, but I mean, you guys are the ones that are kind of up in the air. Cause there are going to be some guys that could, could rake in a good amount of cash. And then there's going to be some guys who it, we, we just don't know really. Uh, but I do want to yeah. ask you this. If you could pick one player during your time at Syracuse to do a commercial with, who would it be? Oh, and what would the, what would the company be or oh, restaurant man. or whatever? That's... Okay. Oh, okay. Let me think. Oh, just one of them. I'll let you out here. I'll give you three. All right. You can pick up to three guys. Three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think one I'll pick. I got to pick Eric Dungy. Me and him were cool. Okay. He was a great guy. He's a fun guy. Two, I got to stick with my boy Elijah. All right. Eli- yeah, Elijah was really nice. Like, even when he transferred in and, like, you know, he wasn't able to play right away. Like, I, he was one of the kids I used to bump into in Mellow Center all the time, just putting up shots, and, like, he was a mad cool person, so I think Elijah, he's a funny guy, too, and my third, and we're just talking about my time at Syracuse, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. just your time. And my third, you know, I got to give it to my boy, Freddie. I don't know if you've heard of him, Freddie Crittenden. Um, He was a 100-meter hurdler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I think I had a class with him. Yeah, you... Probably. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was super cool. Like, he was mad funny, super talented and stuff. And I think with that combination, we would be able to make a pretty good commercial. And who should it be for? I'm not going to pick any shoe companies so I don't want to get in trouble on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> We don't want you getting in trouble let's, either. Thank you. Let's say, let's say we'll do Dinosaur Barbecue. All right, that's a great pick right there. Yeah, I think it's hard because there's so many food places to choose from, but Dinosaur Barbecue, I think we could all agree on that one. Yeah, that, that's a good pick right there. So <laughs> when Elijah... Hopefully. hopefully they can yeah. hear us some food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or at least put it on Elijah's tab since he's going to the NBA, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... So Elijah's sitting out for that one year when he when he's got to to sit out from the transfer rules. And, and you said you're hooping it up a little bit with him. Did you ever play one on one with him? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Okay, no, you didn't get that ambitious. I never, 
I never decided to waste my time or not waste my time, <laughs> waste his time in, in terms of asking him to play one-on-one. I think like, um, I wasn't competitive. Like I know what I was good at basketball, like in compared to like the average student body, like I was good at basketball, but um, I wasn't out there trying to take Elijah's spot on the team or something like that. Like he would probably <laughs> hurt me and dunk on me and all that nice stuff. But um, I just remember like we'd just be shooting around on the same court a lot. Um, he'll be putting up shots. I'd be putting up shots. And I could tell you, like, he could shoot, he can dribble. And I was just looking at him. And I was like, man, this guy's super tall. And he, like, can ball handle like a point guard. So, like, when he's able to play for us, he's going to be sick. And um, I just remember he was, he was always, like, super hungry. Like, even though he wasn't playing, like, he just loved being in the gym. And I always admired that about him. So it was really cool to just see how he kind of grew into who he is now. All right, Justin, I hope you've motivated some of the folks listening to this podcast to go out for a run. And what better way to cap off your run than with a Built Bar? Built Bar is the amazing protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, and it comes in a number of flavors. My favorite, the double chocolate mousse. Built Bar is great for a health-conscious guy, or if you're just trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And right now, if you're a listener of the Locked On Syracuse podcast, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. I saw this great quote from you that you said you could beat any runner one-on-one in basketball. What brings you to say that? I mean, the thing is, is like, if we're going to go based off stereotypes and stuff, like, and I've seen a lot of my teammates <laughs> play and a lot of my friends, some of these guys, if they weren't running, I don't know what sport they could have been doing. Like, <laughs> we would always play, like, football and basketball in the off season. Like, we'd play football in Manly Fieldhouse and, like, have, like, a whole game in there. Uh, Two-touch, of course. Like, we weren't going to tackle right. each other because that, that would be horrible. But um, we'd play football. We'd play basketball and mellow on our break. And some of these guys, not everybody, but some of them were so uncoordinated, it was ridiculous. And... <laughs> Um, I know that's just Syracuse, but I do have friends on other teams that I've played with, but at the same time, it's just like, I put in work in basketball. Like maybe I, I didn't grow to be six, eight. I didn't get like the scholarship to Syracuse to play under coach Bayheim, but I put in my work in basketball. I did my shots. I didn't like all those days of grinding hard. Like, I think I can put up a good competition against anybody from the mile up. We got to get yeah. you in like a celebrity all-star game. Like I, I know yeah, I mean, you, Usain Bolt's done the one at the All Star Game, and um, obviously you guys do different events and stuff. But I mean, my he's best a runner. Shot was when it was in Toronto. When it was in Toronto, yeah. that was my best shot. But oh. I wasn't who I was now, so maybe I'll have to. <laughs> I'd have to do some more cool stuff as I uh, as my career blossoms and everything. Yeah. Well, you still got an Olympics yeah. to look forward to, and let's get into some Olympic stuff with you. Okay, so. When when everyone's starting to pull out of the Olympics and then ultimately it gets the postponement to next year, how does that kind of change w- what's going for you? Because I know, like I've Googled marathon training and obviously that's different from what yeah. you're doing, but you, you're going hard for a little bit and then you, you ease into it just so you've got some more stamina in you right before the race. So how does this change the training for you as someone who now has to wait an extra year? 
Dan Tyler, either you learn fast or you're well prepared to be a coach yourself. I don't know. Because <laughs> you, you know what you're talking about. But, um, yeah, just to get back to your point, like, it's very difficult, especially, like, um, I'm not going to make a, a bold statement and say we're the first generation to ever have an Olympics canceled. Like, personally, I don't know. I think there have been Olympics that are canceled. I don't know. I know that the U.S. hasn't gone for, um, you know, for their reasons and stuff like that. But um, it's just un- unseen territory. Like, I mean, my coach, is, who is actually the same coach that I had at Syracuse, um, Chris Fox, um, this is un- unknown territory for him, too. So um, I think what we've kind of been focusing on is just maintaining. Um, there was just so much that was uncertain, like, even if we were going to have some sort of an outdoor season. Um, there was rumors that we were going to have it in late August, and there was rumors that we were going to have it in the fall, and then there was rumors that, you know, it was just not going to happen. So um, as of right now, the rumor is that there's a couple races that are lining up from, uh, you know, September to maybe October that I'm preparing for. And um, from when, you know, all this stuff started with NBA season being canceled and everything, I've just been maintaining because I don't want to get too fit and I don't want to get, you know, too out of shape. So I've just been trying to maintain the the form that I was in. And then um, once more information is brought towards me and I have like a specific date that I'm preparing to race for, then we'll start to ramp up the, the training a little bit. So what does your training regimen look like for a guy who's training for the Olympics? Yeah, I, I mean, I can give you like a whole, like a week outline kind of. Yeah, so let's hear it. Like. Yeah, I'm interested in this stuff. So essentially, I, I run about like 70 miles a week. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. It, it's, weird, it's weird to hear it come out of my mouth. You just shamed every one. single person that listens to this podcast. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm The thing is... Though, or you I'm just motivated a bunch people. of people too. Hopefully, it's the latter. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, the one thing about running though, is it's just repetition. Like even me being a professional runner, when I come off of a break, I, it feels like death starting to run again. Like <laughs> it, I'm not going to lie, but, uh, you know, with repetition, muscle memory eventually gets easier. So for those that are listening, that want to take up running, but you know, aren't sure or scared for the repercussions of what it's going to do to your body, uh, just know that every day gets better. And, um, with repetition, it'll get a lot easier. And um, yeah, back to my training program. Um, so I'll start on Monday. Uh, the way my coach does our training is that we don't necessarily focus on the amount of miles that we get in, but we focus on the minutes because, you know, there might be days when I feel like amazing. So I might pick up the pace a little bit and run further than I would have wanted to. And there's some days where I'm going to feel like crap. And I might run less miles than I would have wanted to, but I'll still get the time in. So um, on Mondays, I usually run around 55 minutes of running and um, give or take anywhere between a uh, six minute pace and 630 pace for the mile. And um, okay. Tuesdays, I, uh, sorry, Monday. So I do that in the morning and then I usually do a double, which is basically running twice a day. And I'll do like a 15 minute run which is, or a 16 minute run, which is like usually like a three mile loop. And um, that'll be like my Monday training. And I, I do core and 200 sit-ups usually in between uh, those two sessions of running. 
and uh, Tuesday. Uh, that's usually our workout day where we do tempo workouts, usually on you know hilly surfaces or on a track, and uh, we'll do tempos or um, you know track intervals and stuff like that. And then I have to run a second time again. I'll do the uh, 16 minute run later on in the day, and I do 200 sit-ups every day regardless. And then uh, Wednesday I run 50 minutes, and then I don't have to run in that in the evening, but I just do my sit-ups and core. And then Thursday is a repeat of Monday, and Friday is a repeat of Tuesday, and then Saturday um, would be our long run, which usually I go for like maybe a anywhere between an 80 minute and a 90 minute run. And then uh, as of recently, I've been taking Sundays off, which I'm really happy about. So <laughs> Sundays are the best day in the world for me. <laughs> well, we're recording this on a, on a Saturday, so enjoy your day tomorrow. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you bring up Coach Fox, and obviously he was your coach at Syracuse. And I, I heard this great story about how you once bet him one time saying, okay, if I run sub 340 here, I think it was a 1500, then I don't have to run this other event that, that you didn't want to run. How many times would you strike yeah. a, a deal with him like that? Uh, pretty much every year. <laughs> oh man, you really do your research. That's funny that you, that you came across that quote, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I like to see myself as a, I mean, the real turn is a double-edged sword, but I guess it's for this, <laughs> for the sake of running, I'll say triple-edged edge sword, where um, I like to be competitive in the 1500, the 5K, and also the 10K slash cross-country. And um, the 1500 is an event that, you know, I think I am competitive in. And, like, I could have competed in it at NCAAs um, if I wanted to for a couple of years. And uh, Coach Fox knows that, um, the 10K is probably going to be my best event. When it's all said and done, like, he thinks that that's where I'm going to win an Olympic medal or something like that uh, in the 10K. Not to say that I can't get one in the 5K, but, like, he really believes in me in the 10K. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget, like, I'm just always telling him, because I, I have speed because I usually sit on people and then kick right by them. And um, – I just don't want to lose that speed yet because I feel like while I'm young and I have that speed, like I should keep running like those kind of shorter, faster distances. And uh, Coach Fox will always try to get me to run a 10K and I'll be like, okay, so like if I can run this, like what all the other 1500 meter runners in NCAA are running, can I still do like the 1500 instead of the 10K? And he'll be like, oh, whatever, sure. And then uh, I'll end up doing it. <laughs> and then I don't have to run the 10K. So. That's usually how uh, my deals work with him. <laughs> I am loving this conversation with Justin Knight, and I hope you are too. And guess what? We're giving you part three tomorrow. I mistimed it. I thought we were going to talk about Floyd Little today. That's actually on tomorrow's episode. So we're going to hear an awesome, awesome story about Floyd Little and Justin Knight on tomorrow's episode. We'll also talk about him signing with Reebok and get into a little bit of food in Syracuse, some of his favorite spots to hit for both breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. Be sure to check out Chad Ford's Big Board when you're done with this podcast, as well as any other podcast that may pique your interest on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you are out protesting, whether it's in Syracuse, New York City, or wherever you may live, stay safe out there and keep making your voice heard because it does matter. So for Justin, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you again tomorrow.